The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Alright, Kat, what happened last chapter? Hermione went back in time. Yeah, she did. Which, honestly... She's at Hogwarts. Yeah. She's 11 years old again. And Dumbledore is gonna put her up with some people. And she was supposed to... She's not 11 years old yet. did she? Well, she's gonna be 11 years old. And then... I was asked the other day if she went to see, what's her name, Madame Pomfrey or whatever, and I was like, I think they alluded to the fact that she had to go talk to her, but I don't know if they actually talked because I didn't remember, so yeah. And I still don't understand why she is back there, but... And you won't for a little while, and that's okay, but uh, to build on that a little bit, she woke up, uh, so she opened up the gift from Remus, and she was in, it threw her back in time, and now she's in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, and it's 1971, which I was super proud, because you picked up on the fact that the date was wrong, but you also missed the fact that it was the year at first, but then you picked that up too, which was super cool. Um, she goes and sees Dumbledore, who's like, yo bro, don't know what to tell you, I can't fix this, this is a little beyond my magic, maybe I could do this in 1998. Haha, no, he can't. He's dead. But, um, but anyway, um, he was like, uh, it sounds like your friend Remus told you to live your life and love your life or some shit. Enjoy your life. There it is. Um, and you should probably take this de-aging potion to become an 11 years old again and I'll stick you with the pure blood family so nobody will know that you're a, uh, muggle born and you can just go through Hogwarts again. Oh my god, I just thought of something that I should have asked. Shia? Yes, there you go, because I was seriously about to call her Shaya, which is not her name. That's not my name. (laughs) That's not my name. Anyways, um, so... (laughs) Great song. Yeah, because I didn't read any of these books, so this might be a dumb question and everybody's yelling at me, but that's fine. What else is new? Um, like... Do you know how much of this is actually, like, her imagination and how much of this is, like, not her imagination? Like, actually happened in book? So, obviously, during book one, she pulled a lot from the original series because we already know what happened. In terms of the era that Hermione just landed in, which is... The Marauder era, so the era of Harry's parents, Remus, Sirius, Peter Pettigrew, uh, Snape, when all of them are going through Hogwarts. The information we have on that is basically 
limited to, like, we know the flashbacks that Harry has in the books and movies, and we know the flashbacks that we get from Snape's memories, um, when Harry accidentally looks into Snape's memories back in, like, I think fifth year, and also just bits and pieces that we get from other people. There's not a lot of information, so a lot of this is Shia. Like, she had the basic outlines, but the majority of this is Shia's imagination and her story. Okie dokies. Alrighty, so, um... I think last we saw she was walking out of Dumbledore's office so we will dive right into the next chapter um oh actually so one of the things that you aren't aware of in fan fiction a lot of times authors will write what is called an author note at the beginning of chapters and Shia starts doing this significantly more in like book two because I think that's she did some in book one, but I just sort of skipped over them. But this one, um, she says, thank you for all the wonderful and kind comments. You're amazing. Now a few little notes. As the story progresses through the past, Hermione will technically be out of character. We never really get to see a post-war Hermione in the books, aside from the epilogue, which absolutely no longer counts. So as her world changes, she will change. But that's the whole exciting point. How circumstances change us. Remus has given Hermione a second chance at wizarding childhood. She can relive those Hogwarts years without the constant threat of Voldemort. Chapter 17. Young Miss Learns Fast. August 1st, 1971. Hermione slowly made her way down the corridor, leading towards the hospital wing. It was so familiar, and yet so different from all the many nights she had spent there. Nights recovering from accidentally turning herself into a cat, and then, shortly thereafter, the time she spent after being petrified by the basilisk, or the days of recovery after the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. The last time she had seen the hospital wing of Hogwarts had been directly after the end of the war when she had offered to assist Madame Pomfrey with the seriously wounded. As she walked through the door to the infirmary, Hermione was surprised to see it empty and quiet. Just another reminder that she was, in fact, in 1971 and not 1998. This was not home. A younger-looking Madame Pomfrey approached, and the soft eyes of the Meadowitch made Hermione smile. Hello, dear. How may I help you? It had been jarring to see a living Professor Dumbledore, but this familiar face made her feel closer to her actual life. Um... The headmaster asked me to give you these, she said, holding out the rolled parchment in one hand and the bottle of de-aging potion in the other. Madame Pomfrey took the letter first, mulling the words over for a bit before eyeing the potion curiously, her brows raised. Eventually, she lifted her gaze once again to Hermione. And what have you decided you want to do? Uh, I'm not sure, Hermione admitted sadly, letting out a quiet sob as she covered her face with her hands. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Remus had literally thrown her into an impossible situation. Just a few hours ago, she'd been home, celebrating her birthday with the most important people in her life. Harry, Sirius, Ron, Remus, Tonks, Teddy, and the Weasleys. God, she would even be happy to see Malfoy at this point. How was she supposed to follow Remus's instructions and live her life? This was not her life. Damn you, Remus. Do it. I don't have any other options. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, come on. No. Come on. Hurtful.
do it. I don't have any other options. Very well, Madame Pomfrey agreed with a frown. Have a seat on any bed. The headmaster insists that you get some rest. And you're serious about taking this potion. You'll need to be lying down regardless. Why are you making it can be her a bit unsettling. Like she's Is freaking an outlander. <laughs> Why can't she be Scottish? They live in Scotland. No, it's like you sound a cross between like she lives in Outlander, but also you kind of sound like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire when he's like, hello. I was actually aiming for Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire. It's like the, that fine line between like the two. It's like, dude, okay. Jesus. <sighs> you'll be needing to you'll need to be lying down regardless it can be a bit unsettling as it takes effect Hermione smiled kindly thank you Madame Pomfrey it's nice to see a familiar she faltered suddenly realizing she was about to reveal the fact that she had known the meta witch in the future her brows furrowed it was clearly going to take her some time to adjust to everything I understand dear Madame Pomfrey nodded with a wave of the parchment. Dumbledore explained in his letter. Not in much detail, mind you. He does like his secrets, but I won't be asking questions. I know better than most not to go about meddling with unfamiliar magic. She set down Dumbledore's note on the side table and turned her full attention to Hermione. Now, how old are you, dear? Nineteen. Just turned, actually, Hermione said as she sat on the edge of the bed, taking a deep breath to steady her frayed nerves. She had been planning to spend the rest of her birthday reading her new books and then maybe having a late cup of tea before going to bed. Now, she was here, planning to erase not only her most recent birthday, but the seven that came before it. All right, you'll need to drink this. Madame Pomfrey measured out a large portion from, a fi from the file, pouring it into a small cup and handing it over to Hermione. Take it quickly. It tastes fairly awful, and the adjustments won't be comfortable by any standard. But you can take a sleeping draught if you like. You'll drift off before you feel a thing, she said, reaching for another small file in the nearby cupboard. Hermione worried her bottom lip between her teeth before hesitantly asking, May I, may I request the dreamless sleep potion? Are you familiar with it? Dreamless sleep was highly addictive, and Hermione would not normally ask, but without her friends and family here to help her through the night, she thought it would be better. The last thing she needed was to scare the daylights out of Madame Pomfrey by screaming herself awake. I am. It's best for everyone if I take it. I've been known to cause a stir in my sleep. I'm not opposed to dealing with a few nightmares, dearie. Hermione sighed irritably, knowing that the woman was just doing her job, but she was also not in the mood to argue. Reaching her right arm across her torso, she tugged at the sleeve of her dress and began rolling it up her arm, revealing the deep purple scars that covered her flesh. Mud blood. Madame Pomfrey gasped and her eyes widened. She looked up and met Hermione's calm gaze, and, without another word, she dipped her chin, reached into the storage cupboard, and handed the purple potion over. Hermione gave her a grateful nod and tugged on the cork, downing the bottle in a single swig, the familiar liquid sliding down her throat. She then took the de-aging potion and swallowed every last drop. Squeezing her eyes shut and willing her tears to retreat, she turned and settled herself on the pillow as the dreamless sleep overtook her. Thoughts? Concerns? I don't have any concerns. I know, you're just waiting for the brown chicken brown cow. Well, but you're going to wait for a while because she's about to be 11. I got nothing to, it's funny to say about this, though. 
except she. God, that still tastes so well, gross. How do you but think I keep she drinking feels? it because it's doing good things. You're basically drinking yeah, what I, she I, is. Yeah, yeah, I am right there. God, that is so terrible, and I don't know what's causing it. I know it's not the red raspberry leaves or the spearmint, so it's got to be berries or the other thing that's name is escaping me right now. Put but... some honey in it. I put turpinado sugar in it, and it did nothing. Say what now? The natural sugar. The big brown crystals. Oh, Sugar in the raw. Okay, because what you said sounded like you said I put turpentine sugar in it. I was like, what? Turbinado. Oh. I used to use that to, uh, I would do a apple cider cocktail and I'd rim the glass in caramel and then dip it in the turbinado sugar and then throw in a uh, apple cider and I almost said fire with me. <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> Fireball. Fireball. Well, at least ours doesn't have antifreeze in it. That is true. That's, what, the Canadian version or something? I don't know. I don't drink the crap anymore. Ever since it made me throw up, I'm done. How about Red Stag? I used to have that in my closet, but it's gone. I'm pretty sure I bought you the one that you had in your Oh my god, shut up. Sorry, I'm yelling at my stomach. I've been homesick all day, and I've had the double bubble toil and trouble all up in my gut, and so I haven't been eating much. Hey, and that happened to me too. Is... I had lunch, and then it was all downhill from there. Dude, I literally woke up, and I was like, I don't feel good. And within like an hour, I was like, I really don't feel good. And then there were things that happened that I will never talk about publicly on a podcast. I was going to say, I've told you some stuff, so that's not fair. Yeah. All right. So we are now on to, oh, Jesus Christ, how long is this chapter? Okay. No, never mind. I was like, oh, God, I don't see the sidebar. All right. Uh... <sighs> <laughs> What is that? I don't know. I'm tired and doped up on cough medicine and really disgusting goblin piss tea. Okay, so this episode's gonna be called the one where Claire's high. I'm not high. I just I feel good. I knew that I would. I feel good. Okay, I'll stop. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Ding. Aw. Nobody um. cares about this. <laughs> they only want some story. They don't give a crap about us. I did appreciate the one uh comment we got on our facebook group where it was like all right claire so or all right cat so do you remember that uh recap now and it was like cat claire cat claire cat claire cat so i saw somebody the other night who looked like you but blonde <laughs> was... 
well, this stuff can be abusing, but then again, nobody really cares. It's like that one episode of Potterless where he had his sister on, and they spent probably a good 15 to 20 minutes making fun of their mom because she has an accent. So they kept going back and forth, like, using her their mom's accent, like, saying things that their mom says. And I was like, huh, who does this remind me of? All right, so August 2nd, 1971. We'll get through this. We always do. <laughs> Hermione slept just a few hours, but she did not dream. Well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. You took dream- dreamless sleep potion. I would hope you didn't fucking dream. Sorry. Did that make you <laughs> feel some type of way? Clearly. <laughs> she had no nightmares of Bellatrix Lestrange torturing her. No flashing images of Padfoot bound and thrown over the back of Fenrir Greyback, or of herself being splinched. No thoughts of Harry lying dead on the ground of the Forbidden Forest, or of Sirius and Remus being tortured. Nor did she dream of home. When she finally opened her eyes, she felt different. Sitting up, it was still dark, and she briefly wondered if she had not fallen asleep for more than a few moments. She was shocked when her dress got caught underneath her as she moved. Looking down, she realized her clothing was several sizes too large. Ah, crap. I can't remember my Dumbledore voice. I see. I We're see ringing you it. made a decision. He's not the godfather. Yeah, the first Dumbledore that died, he has that very, like, uh... I have seen that you have made a decision. <laughs> No, I can't fucking do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the Godfather. For okay, that. then we're going to go to Goblet of Fire Dumbledore. Harry Potter! Did you put your name in there? How did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He said calmly. <laughs> that's, that's like, I feel like the one thing the Harry Potter fandom can unite on is calmly. <laughs> And you don't even have to say it. All you have to say is calmly, and everybody goes, Goblet of Fire. <clears throat> I see that you have made a decision. Professor Dumbledore stood at the foot of the bed, a soft smile on his face. I'm very glad I've come to inform you that I've obtained a home for you. Like, like I was treating her like she's a dog. You want to go home, girl? I got you a home. Yeah, yeah, I did. I you ready to go home? Sorry. I like cold medicine. Yeah, I do too. One time I thought purple ducks were real, but that's a different story. A pure-blood couple have agreed to take you in. I hope you'll trust my judgment in saying that they are good people. Better than most, in fact. Thank you, sir. Hermione bowed her- Wait, crap. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Hermione bowed her head sadly, her eyes twitching with surprise at the light, airy sound of her voice. Her words came out strangely as well. With a groan, she reached up, brushing her fingers against her mouth where she felt the protrusion of her overly large front teeth. Wonderful, she said with a bitter growl. Madam Pomfrey, may I make a request? What do you need, dearie? I need my teeth back to normal. I had them fixed fourth year, and I know it's completely superficial, but if I'm going to be forced to attend Hogwarts again, I'd rather not have one extra thing against me. At the thought of being teased over her teeth, again, she felt a string of very sharp emotions rise within her chest. She wanted to cry right then and there, which felt ridiculous considering that she had not cried over anything else that night. 
She let out a heavy sigh of frustration when she pieced it all together and realized that the de-aging potion had not just made her look 11, she actually was 11 years old. Well, how was he supposed that meant to look? Deal- Jesus. That meant dealing with puberty all oh, over God. again, rapidly changing hormones and growth spurts, right? When I read that, I was like, oh, look, my worst nightmare. Cool. Yeah, except we're still <laughs> dealing with the hormone thing. But anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, whoever said that shit regulates and that, oh, no, whoever said that you don't get acne after you, or no, you grow out of acne can suck my asshole. That is a damn dirty lie. Yeah, because I'm starting to get it in places I never got it before. Like, I never got them behind my ears before. It's happening. My back is getting, like, way worse. It's stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I got a zit on my leg a couple months ago. I was like, what is this? I got one inside my ear and it was excruciating. My husband took way too much pleasure getting it out, but I think it was Jamie that got it out. Somebody got it out and they took a lot of pleasure out of it, but it hurt. My sister used to do that. Also hurt. Literally the worst. But yeah, no, it's terrible and I hate it. Yeah. Also, nothing like going to work with a big fat zit in the middle of your forehead when you're in your late 20s and you're just like... Hello, I'm here to be a professional. And you got a fucking zit in the middle of your forehead, so you look like a 14-year-old. Well, you know what you say to that? My unicorn horn is coming in. (laughs) Further proof that I do, in fact, shit rainbows and sparkles. That is correct. God, why is that so disgusting? Stop drinking. Oh, my God. I have to. It's got good things in it. Is it scientifically proven? Have they done studies on Yes, it's scientific. They've done clinical trials, so I know it works. It just tastes like mm. grindy low piss. I'm just gonna keep coming up with magical <laughs> creatures that can pee, and that's that's what this is gonna taste like. Anyway, into more spearmint or vodka. I need. Oh right, I need. I need my teeth back to normal. I had them fixed in fourth year, and I know it's completely superficial, but if I'm going to be forced to attend Hogwarts again, I'd rather not have one extra thing against me. At the thought of being teased over her teeth again, she felt a string of very sharp emotions rise within her chest. Oh, wait. We already talked about this. I was going to say, don't read that whole freaking paragraph again. That's a really long paragraph, yeah. So she was actually 11, dealing with puberty, growth spurts, yada yada. She wondered if her mental acuity would be changed at all, or, God forbid, her magic. Another thing she clearly had not thought about, thought through before taking the potion. I imagine when you've reached the age that your teeth were fixed, they would adjust automatically, said Madame Pomfrey. Hermione rose a brow. I don't understand. Well, dear, it's still your body. The potion doesn't exactly give your physical self a new start. You've already lived and gone through the physical experiences, and at those ages that those occurred, your body will tend to readjust itself as a way of catching up, I suppose. Immediately, Hermione looked at her left arm, rolling back the now too large sleeve of her dress. A sob escaped when she saw that the flawless skin of her youth, unblemished, scar, and curse-free. But, she looked up, tears in her eyes, they'll come back? Madame Pomfrey frowned. It's highly likely, my dear. I'm sorry. Then I ask that my teeth be fixed now. If I can expect my scars to all return to me one day, I'd like to have this one thing, I suppose. 
Hermione looked up pleadingly at Madame Pomfrey, remembering the many times that the Meadow Witch had treated her injuries and dried her tears. If I had my wand, I'd do it. C can you, can you shrink them for me, please? The older witch finally relented and approached the bed. Of course, dear. You just tell me when. She handed a small mirror to Hermione, who choked out a gasp as she looked at her reflection. Eleven-year-old Hermione, almost twelve, buck teeth and bushy hair, a smattering of light freckles across her nose and cheeks. She smiled sadly and nodded, opening her mouth to allow Madame Pomfrey to begin the spell. Wincing a bit as she felt her teeth shrink, Hermione kept quiet until they, were, until they felt and looked exactly as they had before. Then she nodded, running her tongue over each tooth. Thank you. I feel a little vain about it, but... Madame Pomfrey smiled and gently squeezed her arm. We've all got our own insecurities, dear. Think nothing of it. Now, Miss Granger, if you're feeling up to a flu trip, I'd like to bring you to be meet your new adoptive family, Dumbledore said. Though none, save for the family in question, as well as Madame Pomfrey and myself, will know any details of your true identity, I will ask all involved to take an unbreakable vow to protect your secret. Hermione smiled gratefully. Yes, sir. She stood up and almost fell off the bed, forgetting she was a few inches shorter now. The front of her dress fell off one shoulder, and Hermione grasped the fabric quickly, embarrassed as she looked with wide eyes at Madame Pomfrey. You wouldn't happen to be willing to do a little more altering for me, would you? The meadow witch gave a soft chuckle, waving her wand over Hermione's dress, shrinking it to better fit her form. Not sure what I'm going to do without you, Madame Pomfrey. I suppose I'll see you in a month, my dear. Feel free to come by and, uh, if you need anything once you've returned to Hogwarts. I will, Hermione nodded. Thank you again. Dumbledore stood at the door, holding it open. Come, Miss Granger. She quickly followed him through, staying a few steps behind him as the pair walked back to his office in silence. The headmaster approached the fireplace, reaching for the powder on the mantle. Now, do you have any guesses as to where she's going? Don't read ahead. Eyes on me. Where's she going? Whose house? What family? Uh, Name literally any wizarding family. Well, I really hope she's not going to the Malfoys, because I would kill myself. Um, well, he said it was good people. Huh? He said it was good people, so think about people who are in the Order of the Phoenix. Do you really think I know who those people are? Well, I assumed one of your guesses would be a fairly large family of purebloods all of whom were in the order of the phoenix with flaming red hair oh okay and that family would be weasleys yes do you think it's the weasleys well i have a rant about Ginny, but anyways um i don't know Okay, well, spoiler alert, not the Weasleys, but I thought you'd guess something! There's a lot of pureblood families. In fact, there's the Sacred 28, so there's 28 of them. There's the Parkinson's, the Shacklebolts, the Malfoys, the Knots, the Greengrasses, the Potters, the Blacks, the Weasleys, the Pettigrews. Well, I did kind of think she might be going to the Potters, but what do I know? What kind of name is Huh? Oh no, she's not gonna what go live with that. What? She's not gonna go live with that butt face, is she? Which one? You just did the him. 
oh no no she's not going to live with umbridge are you fucking kidding me this would be a horror movie um or a horror book but no that's okay although umbridge does play a role in book three. Oh jesus and it's fantastic but we won't get there until like 2021 so maybe 2022 2021 i'll be old I'll, I'll we'll look be like the crypt keeper. We'll be thirty. Yeah, and one of us is gonna have little children by then, hopefully, and then this is gonna be so much fun. They're napping. Gotta record. If the Quick. fucking. <laughs> yeah, um, I've I've already informed my neighbor. I'm like, so if this tea works, um, I'm gonna need you to like watch little ones for an hour at a time. And she's like, it's fine. My house is a zoo. I have three children. So what's one more? I'm like, great. Yeah, thanks. the Hannah is gonna be like, Claire, what's that noise in your recording? Oh man. And that is my child farting nonstop. Thank you. Yeah, that you're you're gonna what be you reading. I'm just be like, Claire, um, you're you're kind of wet. <laughs> I'm lactating. Yeah, no, we're gonna read something. <laughs> you're gonna make me ink. <laughs> Uh, oh also yeah let's just announce to the public i'm trying to get pregnant oh my god okay tomorrow like i don't know like yeah tomorrow i'm gonna sneakily take a picture of this kid that rides his scooter past my house with his dad every day at like 5 30 oh my god he is the cutest effing kid ever wait do you see his helmet his, his helmet is fantastic Oh, does he have one of those, like, cranial-shaping helmets? No, because he rides the little scooter, like, not the electric ones, but the one that you... So his helmet is green, and it has, like, these, like, black, like, dinosaur-like patterns on it, and then it has a black mohawk going down the middle, it, and, his, and because he's a nugget kid, like, he's so tiny, he can fit in your pocket, but his helmet makes his head look so big, like, how does that fit on his body? He is the cutest epic kid I've ever seen. He goes past my house every day at 5.30. Crikey, mate. Here you're hearing the sounds of a woman with an empty uterus. Unbelievable. Crikey. And everybody in Australia is not going through enough, Claire, and they have to hear that. Speaking of which, I'm going to take this moment. At the time of this recording, it is currently January 7th here, which means it's probably about January 8th where you guys are. In Australia, that is. We just want to give all of you our most heartfelt condolences on the ongoing fires. We are so, so, so sorry for the current state of your country. It's And we are terrible. also sorry that so Claire totally butchered y'all's accent. Cracky! And if anybody would like to send me some Vegemite, I've always wanted to try it. I have Vegemite from one of our Patreon supporters. She sent it to me as sort of a wedding gift. Also, she sent me this. Look at the little kangaroo. Well, I didn't get any Vegemite. You didn't get any Vegemite. Oh, she also sent me a koala, but that one's with Jimmy because it goes flying with him when he's on the helicopter. I want some Vegemite. I haven't tried it yet, mainly because I don't have bread in the house. But when I eventually have bread in the house, I will try the Vegemite and I will tell you if it's any good. No, because I want to eat it Jesus fucking Christ. We have to get back to... Okay. Okay, well then, then come visit. I have it here. Okay. That's a face. <sighs> Fuck, where was I? 
The headmaster approached the fireplace. There we go. The headmaster approached the fireplace, reaching for the powder on the mantle. Here you are, my dear. Now, I've already explained a bit about your arrival to the family taking you in. They only know that you are a muggle-born, in need of great protection, and that your family is no longer with us, he explained, as he placed the powder in her small open palm. They've been kind enough to not ask any further questions, though I might have insisted upon it regardless. I promise you, they can be trusted with your life. I appreciate you putting such a great deal of effort into securing this for me, sir. Hermione smiled at the old wizard and stood back, allowing him to step forward into the large fireplace. She sighed as she looked at it, remembering that only four months ago she had been coming through that particular entrance, breaking into the school alongside Sirius, Harry, Ron, and Draco. Listen carefully, and follow just behind me. Dumbledore tossed the flu powder down and spoke in a clear... and spoke a clear... Potter Manor. And vanished in green flames. Suck it! Muggles! I'm proud of you. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Dear readers, I'd like you to know that this is the first time she predicted anything happening. Oh, I'm not a clairvoyant. What do you want from me? Well, I'm Claire, but I'm not a voyant. Oh my god, speak. Okay, I need to send you some. Oh my god, this guy. Okay. Okay. No, there's this new show that's starting next week about this guy who's a medium and he comes from like this really big Italian family. So he's a straight guy, even though he doesn't sound like he is, but he's putting on spanks and this girl <laughs> walks in the room and she's like, what are you doing? And he was like, they can call me a phony, but if they call me fat, I'm going to cry. But it's like the way <laughs> he says it. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm going to like this guy. But anyways. I appreciate it. Hermione gasped. Potter? She knew she should not have been surprised, considering Dumbledore had brought the Potters up before, but to know that she was about to enter the home of Harrity's Harry's relatives. <laughs> what is this, Hercules? This is Harrity's. <laughs> Hercules, 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 bless my soul, Hercules on a roll, undefeated. Yeah, those were like two different movies right there, but anyway. Ask me if I care. <laughs> By the way, did you figure out who won the best singer yet? Because I feel like you haven't told me that you... Oh, no, 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 no. Mask Singer, I was watching it with Jimmy, and the first time he hears that motherfucker sing, he goes, wow. If you haven't watched the season finale of The Mask Singer and you don't want it ruined, please skip ahead by 30 seconds. Maybe a minute. He listened to it and goes... Oh, that sounds like that bald guy who lost American Idol and then had a really shitty band. And I was like, Daughtry? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, that's not Daughtry. He's got a way... This guy has a way better range than Daughtry. Motherfucking Daughtry. I was like, you've watched only this episode ever. And you fucking... Can you believe Seal and Wayne Brady? I was like, Wayne Brady, are you kidding me? I I was convinced it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah, well, I was convinced that I Seal the, was the I called the Billy Porter. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Everybody thought it was Billy Porter, but Seal. Just because he seemed so... Feminine. Yeah, but I totally knew the Flamingo was Adrian Bailon, too. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, everybody did. That, that one was so fucking easy to call. And, like, Patti LaBelle, easy. But Kelly Osbourne right? took me for a spin. 
unbelievable like great fucking voice but i just really want like anyway. as a joke like i really want mariah to like come on and then nick be like what in the crap i would pay money to see that i mean technically i already do because i pay for hulu but well i mean my husband pays for hulu but to be fair i brought disney plus and netflix into the house i don't pay for either of them but i have people with accounts who consider me family so I wish he's... somebody considered me family with Disney Plus because apparently I'm missing out. You are. I got adjusted. Doesn't I got adjusted the other? She does, but she just got it, and I don't know if she'll give me her password. But like the other day, I got adjusted, and like her stepmom's my chiropractor, and they were talking about Baby Yoda, and her stepmom's like, "Do you watch The Mandalorian?" And I'm like, "No," because I don't have Disney Plus, and she goes. <gasps> I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, this is going to be a long fucking episode. We're already at 47 minutes and we're not towards the end of the... We're like three quarters through. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Hermione gasped. Potter? She knew she shouldn't have been... Oh, yeah. We were laughing because I said heritage. Uh... But to know that she was about to enter the home of Harry's relatives caused anxiety to creep up inside of her. She summoned her Gryffindor courage and stepped into the fireplace. Potter Manor. Hermione let out a gasp as she exited the massive fireplace, her eyes adjusting as she looked around the giant drawing room that rivaled that of Malfoy Manor. She had heard and said the word manor, but she could not wrap, wrap her head around it until now. It made sense, of course. Harry's ancestors were purebloods, until his father married Lily Evans and moved to the cottage in Godric's Hollow. Unlike the vast, chilled space that was the pristine Malfoy Manor, Potter Manor gave a much warmer impression. It was as if someone had put an enlarging charm on the Gryffindor common room. I knew you were going <laughs> to Enlarging charm. Uh. <sighs> I wonder how many Engorgio charms Madame Pomfrey dealt with each year. Oh. I mean, come on. You give teenage boys a wand at a co-ed school. Yeah, well, Harry can't even learn to fix his own glasses, so... I'll have to remember that one. Come on, man. Oculus Reparo. Literally, ocular, like eyes, Reparo, like Reparo. Do you know how long it took me to figure out diagonally was diagonally? Like, come on. And nocturnally is nocturnally. Yes. Or the fact that the guy who owned Florian uh, Florian Fortescue's ice cream place is literally called Ambros- Ambrosius Flume. Ambrosia being nectar of the gods. Flume being a way to transport things. A lot of them have that shit. All right. Um, that could be like a bonus episode all on its own. The brilliance of J.K. Rowling's literary mind, which is a far departure from her clearly transphobic bullshit. So we'll just appreciate the English side and ignore the rest. The large array of windows surrounding the circular room were draped in deep crimson crushed velvet curtains with gold lining. The furniture was made of polished dark oak, and the soft-looking armchairs and sofas were covered with pillows in a variety of soothing colors. Wow. Wow. 
she whispered, eyes lit up in awe as she scanned the room with a smile. How did this place already feel like home? Is it to your liking, then? Hermione turned her attention towards the sweet, feminine voice to see three other people in the room, all standing and watching her with amused expressions on their face. Dumbledore stood beside a couple who, though certainly older than Hermione's parents, were nowhere near as old as the headmaster himself. Both appeared to be in their early fifties, though there was a youthful twinkle in the man's hazel eyes. He had familiar salt-and-pepper hair that appeared to almost stand on end despite it thinning along his hairline. The woman, who had spoken, bore an uncanny resemblance to Andromeda Tonks, all but the color of her hair, dark auburn instead of brown. She smiled brightly, her gray stare on aristocratic features only enhanced by good humor and perhaps a little mischief in her eyes. She had a softness to her that reminded Hermione of Mrs. Weasley. "'It's beautiful,' Hermione smiled gratefully. "'Thank you for... for allowing me into your home.' "'It's your home now, too, dear. I've been in dire need of another woman around the house.' The witch smoothed her hair before clasping her hands eagerly in front of herself. She laughed sweetly when her husband winked at her. I'm desperate to escape the foolishness of youthful boys and old men who absolutely refuse to grow up. Amen. My wife exa- <laughs> My wife exaggerates, the wizard said. She loves it. Keeps her on her toes. The witch extended her hand. Doria Potter. The wizard grinned down at Hermione. Charles. Shaking Doria's hand, Hermione smiled at them both. Hermione. Dumbledore beamed, looking just a bit too proud of himself. Well, I don't mean to be rude and understay my welcome, but I only have one month left to prepare my speech for the start-of-term feast. He reached into his robes, removing a familiar-looking envelope and handing it to Hermione, who looked down at it with a twinge of nostalgia. Her Hogwarts letter. Her second, first Hogwarts letter. She wiped a tear from her eye, trying to push a memory of receiving it the first time out of her mind. Instead, she focused on committing this moment to memory. Thank you, Professor, for everything. I look forward to seeing you again at Hogwarts in one month's time, my dear girl. Charles, Doria, I hope to see both of you more often. Hopefully not too often, Doria said in a teasing tone. I'd rather not receive letters from the headmaster of Hogwarts. I imagine it will usually be bad news. Dumbledore shook Charles's hand and then accepted a chaste kiss to the cheek from Doria. He gave one last smile to Hermione before stepping back into the fireplace and vanishing in a burst of green flames. Doria turned immediately to Hermione with a sweet but energetic smile. Now, Albus explained to us that you've had quite the rough night. We won't pry. Promise, she said to Hermione's relief, but... The hour is late, and I insist that we all get a good night's rest and start fresh and early in the morning. Er, sorry, fresh and early tomorrow. She clasped her hands together, as if she were already planning out a day full of activities, something that made Hermione slightly anxious. Tilly? Doria called, and with a soft pop, a small, sprightly house-elf appeared in front of the Potters and Hermione. How does Hermione feel about house-elves? She loves them. She's got that and thing. S-P-E-W? Yeah. Spew. The Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. Yeah. 
So how does she feel about house elves that work for people? I don't know. She thinks that house elves are slaves and that they should be paid for their labor, labor and all of them should be freed. I should be freed. She is not a fan. I huh? should be freed. Yeah, well, I thought you did that at Burning Man. Hey, you weren't there. You nope. don't know my life. I just saw the pictures. Yeah, well, I apparently... You entered into the beyond. Right. <clears throat> Tilly, Doria called, and with a soft pop, a small, sprightly house elf appeared in front of the potters and Hermione. Hermione paled at the sight of the house elf and took in a sharp breath. No, absolutely not. She was not being adopted into a pure-blood family that enslaved house elves. A young miss! The little elf looked up at Hermione with large, expressive eyes and the color, the color of sky on the brightest day of summer. The creature smiled up at her, jumping up and down with the excitement of a Weasley on Christmas morning, turning and grinning at Dory and Charles as though they had just gifted her something precious. Tilly is so excited! Tilly has wanted to care for a young miss, not that Tilly doesn't love the young master. Charles chuckled affectionately. Be careful, Tilly. You don't want to play favorites now. Tilly does as Tilly does, the house elf said with what sounded like a tone of humoring defiance. Hermione, yeah. Is that like a house elf thing that they have to speak in like the third person? Like, Dobby didn't mean to scare Harry Potter, creature this. Like, dude. It's a cultural thing. Uh, Hermione nearly choked as Charles let out a loud laugh. Doria rolled her eyes. Hermione, this is Tilly. She'll take you to your room. Be careful, or she's certain to go overboard and start dressing you up like a doll. And don't let her spoil you. The elf rolled her bright blue eyes, mimicking Doria's expression perfectly. Tilly does not spoil, she said, sounding offended. Tilly coddles, dotes, and pampers. Charles smirked. That's the same thing. Tilly does as Tilly does, the elf shrugged brushing him off as she reached for Hermione's hand, giving a soft hug. Young Miss will follow Tilly. Master and Mistress must go to bed. Yes, they must. Tilly will be cross if they's be staying up too late again. Yes, Tilly, Charlie said with a grin on his face, pretending to be scolded by the house elf as though he were a young child. Good night, Hermione. Sleep well. We'll figure everything out in the morning. You're safe here. Hermione wanted to take another moment to properly show her gratitude to the couple, but she was tugged out of the room by the overly excited and strangely independent house elf. Tilly, can I ask, are you treated well here? Hermione whispered with a frown. Do you, I mean, to say, wouldn't you rather be a free elf? Tilly is a free elf. Hermione's eyes widened in shock. What? You've been given clothes. Oh, whoa, I just went full Irish or English there. My bad. Hermione's eyes widened in shock. What? You've been given clothes? She asked, looking at the little tea towel that Tilly wore. Hermione knew it was the typical uniform of the house elves, and the quality of their care could often be seen in the cleanliness of the cloth. Creature, for, insta for instance, had been perpetually filthy. Tilly does not need clothes to be free, Tilly explained in a tone that Hermione felt was just a bit patronizing. Tilly continued to tug on Hermione's hand, leading her down another long hallway and up a flight of stairs. Tilly took care of Mistress Doria when she was just a young miss. When Mistress married Master Charles, Mistress Doria asked Tilly to come and live with her. But 
Mistress Doria's mother was not happy. No, no, she was not. Tilly's old mistress, Violetta, was not happy at Mistress Doria's wedding. Tilly's old mistress, Violetta, said that Tilly would have to stay with her just to spite Mistress Doria. But Mistress Doria yelled at Tilly's old mistress, Violetta, told her that she was taking Tilly. She hexed Tilly's old mistress, Violetta, good. Yes, she did. She hexed her. <laughs> Tilly is straight up my favorite fucking character in this series. Oh my god, she sounds like a hyper version of uh, Gus from Cinderella. <laughs> Gus Gus! Gus Gus! <laughs> I fucking love Gus Gus. The house elf let out a happy nostalgic sigh of contentment. Tilly is happy to take care of Mistress Doria and her family. Tilly is free from the bad Mistress Violetta. I'm glad, Hermione smiled, happy to hear that Tilly appeared to be well cared for. Her happiness was short-lived as she realized she needed to set immediate boundaries with the elf. Tilly, I insist that you don't clean up after me. I can do my own cleaning, and I'm good at cooking as well. Suddenly, Tilly stopped in her tracks and turned very slowly, wide eyes watering with fat tears, a sad little frown crossing her face. Young miss doesn't want Tilly? Hermione frowned. Shocked at the sight of Tilly's expression, she was much more used to creatures, insults, or Dobby's short attention span. <laughs> No, no, Tilly. I just don't want you to have to take care of me. Young Miss wants Tilly to be sad. Oh, poor Tilly. She burst into tears, releasing Hermione's hand and covering her face as she sobbed. <laughs> Catherine's face is so great right now. Her eyes are as big as saucers. <laughs> Can I, I, I'm sorry to say this. And I don't mean it in a bad way, but I want to punch Tilly in the face. <laughs> like, I'm sure she's adorable, but Jesus. Oh, poor Tilly. She burst into tears, releasing Hermione's hand and covering her face as she sobbed, bracing herself against the nearest wall like a heartbroken woman in one of those old romance movies that Hermione's mother used to watch. Tilly wished and wished and she wished ever so long for a young miss. And young miss doesn't want Tilly. All Tilly ever wanted was to care for a young miss. Tilly, Tilly, please don't cry, Hermione said, horrified at the scene she had caused. Please, please, I don't want to make you sad. I'm sorry. Please, please stop crying. When Tilly's knees buckled and she collapsed into a crying heap on the floor, Hermione surrendered. Okay, okay, you can take care of me. Just please stop crying. Tilly accepts, the elf said, immediately halting her sobs and standing up, dusting her hands off on her little tea towel and looking no worse for wear. She reached again She's for Hermione. She's literally Hermione's. like a toddler. She just fakes it until she gets what she wants. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> She reached again for Hermione's hand and tugged her towards a large room at the end of the hallway. Tilly's new young miss learns fast. Yes, she does. Hermione moved forward, gobsmacked. Had she just been emotionally manipulated by a house elf? Cat's nodding. I agree. Straight up. Some fucking bullshit right there. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff I try to pull with my husband, but he's not as amenable as Hermione. Uh, Tilly opened the double doors. Double doors, not Dumbledores. <laughs> Tilly opened the Dumbledores at the end of the hallway, pointing out the personal bathroom as they walked into her suite. Hermione's eyes widened at the side of the large room with a massive four-poster bed in the center, draped with beautiful blue and gold curtains. A large antique wardrobe stood at the end of the room. Its open door revealed not clothing, but a generous stack of various folded fabrics. 
Tilly approached the wardrobe with a smile on her face, pointing to the linens excitedly. "'Tilly is going to make young miss new robes and dresses. "'Young miss needs new clothes and books and quills, and young miss needs a wand.' Mistress told Tilly that young missus goes to Hogwarts soon with young master. Tilly will be said to see them go, but she is proud. Yes, she is ever so very proud. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus, Tilly is annoying. She's fucking great. I love her. Also, people are going to stab you if you keep calling her annoying. (laughs) It's just because it's my voice. It's way better to read. That's besides the point. Shut the fuck up. I know my voice is annoying. You know how hard it was to find a man willing to did put I, up with this voice I... forever? Do you know who? how hard it is for me to find somebody to put up with this chipmunk voice? I already told you. I want a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my Christmas present every year now. You're just going to sing that song. Hermione could not help but smile sadly at what looked to be real... Quit making faces at me. I'm trying to read, woman. Stop looking at me. Oh, I can't open my eyes that wide. It hurts. Hermione could not help but smile sadly at what looked to be real tears, very different from the fake manipulating ones she had seen only moments earlier. Tilly, though, had brought up something that Hermione had already forgotten. She looked down at the envelope in her hands and smiled, running her finger over the scripted lettering as it read, Miss Potter, second floor room at the end of the hallway. Potter Manor. She stared at the words with disconnected emotions. She knew that she would not be able to be called Granger here. Dumbledore had found her a pure-blood family for a reason. As a muggle-born, she was in danger and would draw unwanted attention over her blood status. She needed to appear as average as possible, but her surname was the last thing left of her parents, and the feeling that she had lost that now, too, broke something inside of her, something that needed to be broken. She had spent months mourning the loss of parents who were not actually dead. She took a deep breath and let it out slowly as she cracked the seal and removed the neatly folded parchment from the thick, heavy envelope. No longer Granger. Maybe she could learn to heal now. Harry had apparently been right. Hermione was, in fact, a potter. It's almost like he knew this was going to happen. To be fair, though, Harry did not. I want to make that very clear. He's completely lost in the sauce, just like she is. Other people, though, I just realized that the uh, line here from the glue gun kind of looks like a sperm. See, he's got the little body and the little tail. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody at work was making sperm cookies because their friend finally got pregnant from IVF. So she had like a little IVF cookie and a sperm cookie and a uterus with the ovary cookies. And it was really cute. I have macaroni salad to eat, people. Okay, fine. I'll finish the chapter so you can eat. Wait, that's what you're eating? I love macaroni and salad. Macaroni salad. Fuck me. I can't talk. <laughs> Drugs are fun, kids. I uh, told you that before we started and you weren't paying you attention. You said it was it's homemade. I was too. not. I was texting and I was just kind of nodding with whatever you said. <laughs> So I could have called you a dumb whore and you just would have been like... No, that I would have caught. I would have caught that. (laughs) I catch insults and usually I catch food, but damn it, now I want macaroni salad. I need to finish this so I can order Chinese food. (laughs) I have Chinese food in Nashville. 
You know what I've eaten today? A half a cup of brown rice. And crystallized ginger. Well, that's all the food that the people who make your shirt get to eat in a day, so. This is locally sourced. They have Chinese food in Tennessee. Yeah, they actually have a, it. It took a while to find a good one, but we did find a good one, and it's fantastic. But I don't know how late they deliver, so hopefully uh, I can order before seven thirty. Um, okay, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Wizardry. Hogwarts School of Liftcraft and Liftery. Sicky what? I love that tank top. Don't look at me like that. You bought me that tank top. The dead of time. Dear Miss Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you've been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Please find enclosed a list of all necessary books and equipment. Term begins on the 1st of September. Yours sincerely, Minerva McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. Hermione allowed herself to smile as she read the letter. Hogwarts, Professor McGonagall, some things could be familiar. Some things could still be home for her. Her attention was reclaimed by Tilly, who had, in the few minutes that Hermione had been distracted by her letter, fashioned a light blue nightdress for her and was now proceeding to try and dress Hermione herself, just as Doria warned her she would do. Tilly, Hermione mumbled, trying to tug the dress away f- er, her dress away from the house elf's hands. I can address myself. She was caught off guard when the feisty little house elf actually growled, freezing Hermione in shock, at which point Tilly took advantage of the situation and proceeded to undress and then redress her. Young Miss is stubborn. Sleep now. Young Miss needs sleep. Rest. Sleep rest. <laughs> Fuck off. Young Miss would not do very well at Downton. <laughs> no. I also like the fact that the house elf fucking growls at her. Shit's hilarious. Um, My Hermione feet are a- sweating. <laughs> <laughs> my stomach is howling like a werewolf. Oh my god! Hermione set the bed completely. Shit the bed completely. That's horrible. That's <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> I ignored it. <laughs> she wondered if the basilisk had taken her down as quickly as this little what? Elf. Voldemort Elf. sure had not been able to. She shook her head in amusement, trying to clear out the sudden image of a house elf, Dark Lord. <laughs> two chapters left. no two fucking oh my god it's like three sentences frightening and definitively undefeatable thank you tilly she crawled into bed quickly a bit afraid that tilly would drag her beneath the covers and tuck her in tight enough to trap her there the house elf snapped her fingers extinguishing all the lamps hermione could only hope the dreamless sleep she had taken the night before was still in her system the last thing she wanted to do to this gracious family and the overprotective house elf was to scare them with her screams. Boom! Chapter done. Oh god, this is a long one. You good? And thank you for giving us your money. Your names are being red and macaroni salad. Okay. Yes. But you can take 30 seconds to let us know what you thought. Do you have an arm thought... twitch? Why do you always do it? I'm doing this so that it doesn't click so loudly in their ears. I'm trying to not click 
up in their freaking that's annoying up in their freaking up in their freaking up in their radios their earbuds their airpods their beats their gummies their bows i'm running out of my stomach's well, growling. then you gotta um, you gotta be dropped hey anyway what do you think of the chapter exciting I don't get what's happening I'm gonna need you to start like snorting cocaine before you do this I'm gonna need a little more energy well if I was able to eat my macaroni salad I can go ahead and eat it it's the after part now well maybe next time we record I'll just get drunk (laughs) if anybody is interested in us getting drunk and recording us reading a one shot let us know. We might make that a perk on Patreon. But. Any ideas, predictions for the future? Um, roast beef pot pie sounds pretty good. That sounds disgusting. Also, I had chicken pot pie last night and I burned all my taste buds off. So I'm surprised I'm still able to taste this. Let's see if it's still bad. God fucking damn it, it gets worse every time. Oh my god, read the names. I want to eat. Okay, because Kat is getting hangry. Let's just do this. Big thank you to all of our wonderful Fox-level patrons on Patreon. We'd like to give a big thank you to Carissa Horton, Krista, Ryder, Ashley Thurman, Brittany Lopez, Claire Luciano, Elise Wolfson, Jillian Foles, Martina, Miranda, SQ, Sophie Segator, Amanda Zercher, Ashley Anstrom, and Laura Rivers. Thank you so much, everyone. We appreciate you helping us keep this up and running. Thank you so much. And again, we appreciate our- you giving us your hard-earned galleons and paying us with your muggle plastic. Yes. Mainly because we need that galleons and muggle plastic to keep this podcast running and afloat and keep my husband from murdering me because of how much this thing costs every month to produce. Jesus Christ, I hate this. Oh, there it is. Hate what? I hate this Google document crap. It is the Oh, did you already stop recording? No, I just hate this. Oh, okay. Well, that being said, I guess we can stop recording. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.